Welcome to the SBCA Podcast, Component Connection. Looking at how businesses around the country are innovating to take advantage of opportunities in the construction supply chain. Now, here's your host, Sean Shields. Welcome, everyone. On today's podcast brought to you by the Structural Building Components Association, which is celebrating its 40th anniversary this year, we are going to continue our discussion with Bill Blades, president of IBC in Phoenix, Arizona. Bill, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me back, Sean. So, Bill, on our last episode, we talked about why you moved back to Arizona to start a new trust plan. Uh, you, you left your heart in Phoenix, as it was. Since you are in a rare company, can you share what you prioritized as you went through the process of designing and starting the construction of a brand new facility? When we were looking for property, we were trying to decide, do we want something existing? Is it available? Or do we want dirt and just create our own ideas and our own plans? After spending some time trying to figure out which one that was, we said, okay, let's build our own plans then how are we going to build it? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? And in Arizona, pretty much everybody's outdoors. We don't get a lot of rain. So we have canopies over our tables. Hmm. The next part was whose equipment we're going to use. Are we going to try to find new equipment? Are we trying to find used equipment? We went with a little bit of both. We decided to go with my tech. We bought a cyber saw, a blade saw, two finished presses, a new floor machine. We have a new gantry with wizard coming and we have another blade on its way. When we place the order, there's a timeline. I was fortunate to find a facility that will allow us to set up temporary shop in South Phoenix. We had equipment that was coming in and need somewhere to put it. So there is a yard that used to have a small trust plan there. So it's easy for us to do plug and play. Slight modifications, but we were up and running in three months. We had a new cyber, a new blade saw come in, new finish rollers, we had a new floor machine. We did buy a used floor machine and a used speed cut. That's the only used equipment we have. So over at the new property, we've designed it for the flow. Lumber in, going to the saws, going to the tables, packaging, then goes out the gate. We are setting it up for a lumber yard as well. And also a future wall panel line. Wall panels aren't as big in Arizona as other parts of the country, but we do feel there will be more of a push as time goes on. So we're planning on that. That's a lot to sort of have to figure out, a lot of pieces to sort of literally put together. Within all of that, what did you prioritize? What to you, as you were, because you had all this massive experience in the industry and in the Arizona market, what was most important to you? Most important to me was having the flow right. How's it going to work for us? And how we have our plans set up right now, I think it's ideal. Why is flow so important? You don't want any bottlenecks in the yard. We put something in the wrong place. And once we get the canopies built and other structures in place, we're kind of stuck with it. Do not want to rip up the yard. I've seen it before where we've made changes and does become a little bit of an issue. It does cut down the production capabilities for a while till you make those improvements. 
it's not something I wanted. I wanted to have it done right the first time. Okay. Now, we do know that we're going to outgrow this yard in time. So we'll be looking for another facility, maybe on the other side of town. I like that. You already have a growth in mind. So it seems one of the most passionate debates in our industry right now is the, sort of the level of automation you need to be successful and profitable today. Where did you end up landing on that continuum between, I don't know, wood tables and full automation? Right now in the temporary facility, we're on wood tables. Guys in Arizona love wood tables. They know how to build on them. But in the new facility, we're going to have both. Eventually, we want to go all gantries, but it's going to be both. We have that new gantry coming in. We're actually going to store it next door to our future site until the canopy's up and electrical in place. And we're just going to move it next door and put it in. But because we're outdoors, we can't use the Rangers or the CDS systems because of the lasers and the vacuums. It doesn't work. Arizona is very dusty as well, but there's not many places that we could set up shop that are indoors that don't cost an arm and a leg. Right. We've had a few guests on the podcast who have argued that space is the most significant constraint to a company's ability to grow. And you sort of alluded to this a little bit. What are your thoughts on that? To what extent have you planned for future growth as it pertains to the space you have right now? And when will you know you've gotten too big for it? That's a great question. We have set it up for max capacity. So we know where we'll be at in a year, two years, three years from the day we open the doors. But we do know that there is that capacity that can be set, whether it's everything on one shift, two shifts, there is going to be a capacity. So that's why I was saying a minute ago, we are planning on a second location because we know we're going to need it. Mm. It's just, that's inevitable. So this is where the ideal meets reality, right? It's like you couldn't, when you started this new trust plant, you couldn't just get all the space you wanted so that you could do it all in one location, right? You had some constraints and you sort of went into that with eyes wide open of this is going to be a site for a few years, but if we grow it the right we want to, we're going to quickly have to find some place else, right? That's correct. In our temporary yard, we're on three acres. Our new site, we bought two parcels that gave us about seven and a half acres. The guys to the north of us said, hey, we want to sell our five acres. So we went ahead and took that. So now we're on nine and a half acres. So we had another two and it would just give us more opportunity for growth. But again, we're going to hit that ceiling. <laughs> we know that's coming. Bill, have you established benchmarks or goals that you'd like to accomplish in the near and middle term that will tell you're successful? I guess beyond just we're filling up all the space we have. Obviously, it comes down to the P&L, <laughs> but we're still in a growth mode based on a temporary facility, still doing some infrastructure. We have not hit that capacity yet. I know I could do double out of there what we're doing right now, but we're still working on our metrics. I know basic answers but we're still working on putting MVP in. We're just doing the old school table tracking forms right now, but I want to really dial in the metrics and how am I going to do that? It's up to me basically to figure it out. And I have things in place, just we have to do one thing at a time to get to that point. And I think our growth strategy has been well thought out. I think we're doing the things that we need to do to get it into the place that I expect it to be. It's going to take time, yeah. but we're making progress and I'm happy to see 
the growth and the changes and the progress that we've done already. I'm very pleased with what I'm seeing. You raise an interesting point. It's tempting many times to, when you know what your goal is, to skip over the journey. But as you're pointing out, it takes a while to get all this stuff down and to do it right. And so to live in the moment and to enjoy the journey is an important part of that process, right? That's correct. I feel if we were to go from zero to 100, we're missing a lot of steps. And then we got to go back and correct those and fine tune those. So doing not baby steps, we're taking big steps every day, but we're able to check off the things that I wanted done to get us to the next level. And we'll keep continuing to grow and set metrics and processes in place, but it just doesn't happen overnight. It's happened a lot faster than I thought it would, and I'm pleased with that. So I'm excited where this future's taking us. So looking back at all you've gone through to set your plan up, think through the process, getting your temporary facility up and running, what advice would you give to the version of yourself that started this whole thing when you moved back to Arizona? What would you do different? I'm always learning and I want to learn every single day. So I think the question here would be more relevant in a few months from now when I can look back and say, yeah, I should have done this and yeah, I should have done that. Because I'm one of those people do a project. And after I'm done with the project, I'm like, I should have done that, which has already happened in this temporary plant. I look back going, probably should have done it this way versus that way. And it's part of the business. I'm hoping by taking our time developing the new plant and our flow and our process right over there that I don't have to second guess myself and say, I messed up. Well, I'm sure it's going to happen because that's my nature. We're always our own harshest critic, right? That's correct. I'm harsh on myself. So let me turn that question around. If you were talking to somebody else who was interested in starting a trust plant right now, what advice would you give them on where they should start? I would say really plan it out. Number one, you have to have customers or else you're not building a product and you're just burning your cash. So make sure they have their book of business, their relationships, their people, and make sure they have the right team in place. Again, I'm happy with my team. They've exceeded my expectations already as far as their plan for growth. I let them know that and I let them know where I want them to be in six months from now, a year from now. That's part of my plan for them, for their development. Bill, I like what you're saying there. It's You're not only thinking about where you want the facility to be, but you're also thinking about where you want all of your employees to be from a development standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, from a responsibility standpoint too, right? It's not just about the physical facility. That's correct. It's a whole team. I tell my guys, I go, we just don't work here. We're a family. I mean, our job is to help each other and take care of each other. And we're building something great. And they believe in what I'm telling them. They bought into that culture. And then having employees that buy into the culture is far greater than just having an employee that works there for a chip. Well, Bill, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This has been fun. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate you having me on here. Just a thought here. Once we build our plant, SBCA can come out, take a look at it. Anyone that else wants to have a tour of it, please let me know. You're more than welcome to come see our facility. Great. Awesome. 
If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please give this podcast a favorable rating and share it with others. Also, consider subscribing to SBCA's Component Connection podcast on whatever platform you use most. That way, you'll immediately know when we publish our next podcast. This has been a Component Connection podcast brought to you by SBCA. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode, send it to podcast at sbcacomponents.com.